0: You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Thanks for joining us on our weekly update here on social media. A lot to talk about with the big release of the IG report on the Clinton email investigation and the Russia investigation that calls both investigations into question in terms of their political bias and such. A lot to talk about there significant court action at the Supreme Court in favor of election integrity. Uh, Judicial Watch is in the center of that dispute. Also, big news on the Clinton email matter, it's back in court. Hillary Clinton is facing a hearing on a motion to compel her testimony on the email issue. The Clinton email issue hasn't gone away. Uh, First up though is the IG report. It's a biggie, it came out yesterday. I have a copy of it here. This is the report right here. It is well over 500 pages. You can see that um, there's a lot of detail, obviously, in it. Uh, they interviewed uh, a bunch of people, reviewed 1.2 million pages of documents. Now, the media will tell you a very different story than what I'm going to tell you about the IG report. And so either way, what I encourage you to do is to review the report yourself. Uh, You've gotta look at the document, read all the facts, and draw your own conclusions, both about the Clinton email investigation and the Trump investigation. Uh, You'll see that both have been irredeemably compromised uh, by anti-Trump, pro-Hillary Clinton bias on the part of key FBI officials who are running the investigation. This is something that Judicial Watch has been harping on. Obviously, the text messages of Peter Strzok and Lisa Page have already been publicized, but there's more text messages from both her and him. In addition, there are other FBI top officials, lawyers and investigators on the case who are also sending anti-Trump Hillary Clinton text messages. The IG report has destroyed the credibility of the FBI and the Justice Department on these sensitive cases, both the Hillary Clinton and the uh, uh, and the Russia anti-Trump investigation. The uh, Clinton investigation, the report shows, was rushed, half baked. Uh, it was almost preordained in terms of its outcome, and uh, irredeemably, as I said, compromised. Uh, by the politics and the manipulation of Comey, McCabe, Strzok Page, uh, Loretta Lynch and all the rest. The IG goes into the tarmac meeting, it goes into the Clinton investigation, describes the back and forth there, and when you look at what went on in the Clinton email investigation as the report describes, you'll see undue deference to Hillary Clinton, her aides, her lawyers, at almost every step of the way. Immunity agreements, uh, caving into demands by uh, the, uh, uh, the Clinton lawyers that uh, things be done voluntarily as opposed to under court process or through a grand jury, uh, all sorts of things that were done uh, to make life easier for Hillary Clinton as she and her friends ran and tried to take the presidency. Uh, compare and contrast that with the spying and the aggressive act- activities against Donald Trump by the same group of investigators. The IG, when it does this analysis, says, well, you know, if there's a good faith reason for making these decisions, either investigative or deciding whether or not to uh, apply or prosecute the law, uh, we, we're, it's not our job to second guess it. But on the other hand, it discloses all of these political comments by the FBI agents and uh, lawyers involved in the investigation that the IG says cast a cloud over both the Clinton investigation and the Russia investigation. So there you have it. It's been irredeemably infected, uh, both the Clinton email investigation and the Russia investigation by these politi- by the political comments of people like Peter Strzok. And the new document that's come out of the IG report through the text messages is that Peter Strzok, uh, in response to a, a text from Lisa Page said, I have, um, uh, Lisa Page was concerned about uh, the president taking power, President Trump winning. And uh, Strzok says, well, we're going to stop him. We're going to stop the president from being reelected, for, from being elected. I mean, that is so outrageous. And uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page would have us believe that when he was calling the president a menace uh, and... Uh, that Lisa Page at least called the president a menace and that Strzok was there to stop him, uh, and that uh, they regretted their involvement in the Clinton email matter because they thought it put Trump in power, all sorts of comments like that. One FBI investigator or lawyer said "You know, they couldn't stop crying after Trump was elected. Now, the left would have you believe none of that impacted the decision-making on the Clinton email investigation or the Russia investigation. Don't you believe it? That's why I say, read the report. I know, it's a lot of doc- I know it's a lot of pages, but it's devastating. And so you can draw your own conclusions. The IG is being careful and political and uh, not being too aggressive in criticizing any of the parties involved, but draw your own conclusions. The IG also criticizes James Comey, and what's interesting in this document is that virtually on every substantive matter that James Comey has something to say about or testifies about, uh, the IG uh, basically accords his testimony almost zero weight, meaning he's, the IG doesn't believe him. So James Comey is criticized for being insubordinate in terms of his July press conference, uh, both uh, giving Hillary Clinton a get-out-of-jail-free card, but while also dragging her through the mud, as, uh, which was also inappropriate to do. Uh, And then, uh, of course, the Loretta Lynch tarmac meeting comes up with Bill Clinton. And uh, it turns out that Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton didn't just talk about grandkids. Bill Clinton talked about Hillary Clinton being a great-grandmother. Bill Clinton talked about how Loretta Lynch was one of his favorite cabinet officials. Bill Clinton talked about going out to West Virginia and the coal issue, which, of course, was a big campaign issue at the time and the IG acknowledges, uh, or, the, uh, or the report acknowledges, that Loretta Lynch's people were horrified at the meeting. And then afterwards, Loretta Lynch pretends to recuse herself with, while not really recusing herself, so she's criticized by the IG. The IG also notes that Yuma Abedin uh, her materials on the Clinton email server because she was the other, only other State Department employee we know about who had an email account on Hillary Clinton's email server. Yuma Abedin was never really investigated by uh, the Clinton email team. The IG report also discloses that the, uh, uh, tech, uh, all the Clinton emails on Anthony Weiner's laptop, who Yuma Abedin was married to, the FBI sat on that for a month. They knew about it in September, didn't take action till October. The implication the IG raises is that it would never have come out but for threats of leaks, that no one was doing anything about it. And that's why Comey sent his letter to the Congress that Hillary got so upset about. And the IG also thinks that maybe Mr. Peter Strzok, who was the lead on the Clinton email case, was already deep into the Russia investigation and really didn't care about Hillary anymore and was focused on getting Trump. Does, does anyone, you, there's no way you can look at this report and conclude anything other than the fact that the Clinton investigation was compromised. It turns out they had decided not to prosecute Hillary Clinton according to the IG report until February of two, uh, uh, as early as February of 2016. That was months before virtually every major figure in the Clinton email investigation was questioned. One of Clinton's, uh, uh, one of the Clinton IT people, uh, Clinton email server IT people, was uh, allowed to lie to the FBI twice they didn't prosecute him because on the third time he told them the truth. Can you imagine anyone in Trump world getting that sort of deference? Peter Strzok, by the way, still works for the FBI. Christopher Wray held a press conference yesterday uh, defending the quote, institution of the FBI, seemingly oblivious to the crisis of confidence that Americans now have about the FBI and Department of Justice's ability to manage any sensitive political investigation. Uh, James Comey, as I said, comes across terribly. It confirms that James Comey did everything that Rod Rosenstein said he did and concludes everything that Rod Rosenstein concluded about James Comey's misconduct in that memo he gave to President Trump that in part formed the basis for Trump's firing of James Comey. So it reconfirms that President Trump was right to fire James Comey. It confirms that the Russia investigation has been infected and compromised by anti-Trump animus. Not only was Peter Strzok, the lead FBI official on the Russia investigation until uh, the summer of last year when the text messages I think were first uh, found by the IG. He was removed uh, and the reason for his removal was kept from the American people in Congress. Uh, But one of these anti-Trump lawyers was on uh, the FBI uh, team, it looks like, uh, excuse me, the Mueller team until February of this year. So another anti-Trumper had to be removed for bias from the Mueller investigation. Back, was it, five months ago that we haven't been told about, four or five months ago that we haven't been told about. That text message, by the way, that I told you about, where Peter Strzok said we have to stop the Trump people, uh, the Trump presidency from happening, withheld from Congress. They talk about the Andrew McCabe recusal matter. Andrew McCabe supposedly, well, he said he recused himself. Judicial Watch uncovered it last year. He recused himself just a week before the election in response to press stories about his wife getting hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Clinton cash machine through Terry McAuliffe, the then governor of Virginia. Well, it turns out he really didn't recuse himself, according to the IG, and they kept that recusal secret from Congress until, of course, it was uncovered by Judicial Watch last year. Not Congress, not disclosed by the Justice Department, not disclosed by the FBI. It was uncovered as a result of FOIA litigation by Judicial Watch, it forced it out. Peter Kadzik, another uh, Obama DOJ official, gave a heads up to John Podesta based on information he received at the Justice Department about the Clinton email matter. I keep on calling it matter. Podesta was campaign chairman, I think campaign chairman of the Hillary Clinton campaign. So Kadzik, this email that initially came out via WikiLeaks, that Kadzik confirmed it was true, sent Podesta a heads up on Clinton email developments that he learned from his job. And he says, well, supposedly it was public at the time. It really wasn't public at the time because he didn't send it to him saying, hey, look at this news story. He sent information he received on his job. By the way, he was also seeking uh, an internship or a position for his family members at the same time. He's criticized. So there's a lot in this IG report So isn't it interesting that the media will tell you there's no evidence of political bias? What the IG actually says, and I've got the executive summary here. Again, this is the full IG. And the executive summary on page three says, some of these text messages and instant messages mix political commentary with discussions about the mid-year investigation, which is the Clinton email investigation, and raised concerns that political bias may have, been impa- may have impacted investigative decisions. So yeah, the IG is concerned about it too. However, we did not find documentary or testimonial evidence that improper considerations, including political bias, directly affected the specific investigative decisions we reviewed in chapter five, or that the justifications offered for these decisions were pretextual. Okay, so there's what the left is focused on. Nevertheless, the, these messages cast a cloud over the FBI's handling of the midyear investigation, and the investigation, and the investigation's credibility. The broader impact of these text and instant messages, including on such matters as the public perception of the FBI major investigation are discussed uh, in detail. I think it's in chapter 12. Read the text messages, you're gonna be floored. So that's that's the IG report. And what's interesting about the IG report is all the unanswered questions that need resolution in the sense that uh, what about the Russia investigation? We already know it's been politicized through these text messages, which the IG references. But what about the DNC, Clinton dossier used to target Trump through the FISA court abuse? Uh, What about Spygate? Um, uh, What about all those shenanigans related to targeting President Trump's campaign in an outrageous and illegal way uh, during that president? Wow, by the way, working with the Clinton Uh, vendor Fusion GPS the FBI was, and DOJ was, to target uh, the Trump people. I mean, just think about that. While they're bending over backwards for Hillary, they're working with Hillary's campaign vendor, Fusion GPS, to target Trump. The IG doesn't put that together, but you'll put it together when you read it. And what's also interesting is that the IG, I think, gives too much credit to the uh, Justice Department, and you'll be—you may be confused by reading it—that there was really no lawful reason to prosecute Hillary Clinton. First of all, there was no real investigation, so they couldn't draw any conclusions. So I don't understand why that could have been uh, um, uh, an appropriate conclusion. Secondly, it ignores the evidence that Judicial Watch has uncovered, and I think uh, even the FBI and the IG acknowledged existed, that Hillary Clinton did not have an innocent explanation for her use of the email system and the subsequent mishandling of classified information that occurred. Because Judicial Watch uncovered that she was warned using a separate system like this and a private email uh, operation and personal digital devices that weren't authorized were a risk, a national security risk. And she ignored that. We uncovered that through documents. We also uncovered through testimony, because we deposed some of those folks associated with the Clinton email matter, including Yuma Abedin, who testified it was Hillary Clinton's idea to set up the email system. And the reason it was set up, I forget if Abedin testified or Cheryl Mills, her top counselor, testified, but Mrs. Clinton set it up because she didn't want anyone to look at her emails. So of course, classified information was going to be on her system if she was gonna use it exclusively for government business. And of course, you know, the FBI and James Comey, they just couldn't come up with any any, any suspicions or any, any crimes associated with the leading emails and bleach-bidding and destroying devices and lying to the investigators. Hillary Clinton, it looks like, lied to investigators according to this report. At least someone thought who listened to her thought she was lying because she said she set it up for convenience purposes. We know that wasn't the case. We know that wasn't the case. So what, what an unholy mess the DOJ and FBI were. And, you know, I've said it once, I'll say it again the credibility of the FBI and DOJ were ruined, to the extent they had credibility. It was really ruined and decimated by this mishandling of the Clinton email matter. And uh, the interesting thing is that Judicial Watch is really taking the lead on investigating a lot of what the IG has been looking at. This Peter Kadzik matter with John Podesta, we're litigation on that. We're in litigation on the Clinton email matter. We're in litigation on Andrew McCabe. Uh, We're in litigation on the text messages. We uncovered the Andrew uh, Andrew McCabe uh, uh, recusal, but we also want his text messages and emails and such. And we're still getting the runaround from the Justice Department on that. And uh, along those lines, we were uh, uh, in court last week as I told you about trying to get information about the search of Peter Kadzik's emails. Remember, this is showing Obama DOJ collusion with the Clinton campaign on the email matter. Giving them a heads up for political purposes it looks like. So Kadzik did this on his Gmail account. We want to know because we asked for records off of his Gmail account. What was the search done? How was it done? And the Justice Department refused to disclose key information about it. And the court was skeptical. And the court, uh, as a, after this two-hour hearing we were in last week, fighting the Justice Department on this Obama Justice Department corruption, the court issued a ruling saying that um, the Justice Department needs to give, them, uh, give her information about the Kadzik uh, search because she wants more information on it. So we beat the Justice Department on their efforts to stonewall and not provide information necessary to figure out whether Kadzik did a real search of his Gmail account on this corruption issue that was covered by the IG. No one else is doing that but Judicial Watch is in court with things like that. We were also in court this week on something else. We were in court this week on communications between the Justice Department and Nellie Orr. Who's Nellie Orr? She worked for Fusion GPS on the Clinton uh, DNC dossier issue, the anti-Trump Russia dossier. She also happened to be married, not happened to be. It's no coincidence she was married to Bruce Orr, who I think was number four at the Justice Department at the time. So we asked for something simple. Give us communications about uh, give us documents about communications between the AG's office and other offices and Nellie Orr. We asked for that six months ago, back in December. And what is the Justice Department doing? They're saying, oh, we don't want to search for all the, we don't want to search for those records uh, for 2015, 16, and 17, as you asked. We just want to search for one year, and we don't want to search the AG's office uh, we want to limit that search, and we don't want to search here. We don't want to search there. And, uh, by the way, we need another six months to do it. So we were in court yesterday. Uh, our lawyer was Ramona Kotka. Judge uh, Walton was the presiding judge in the case. And he's looking at the, uh, he's looking at the government saying, well, you know, this is, I'm not sympathetic to you here. So instead of giving them the six months they were asking for on the limited search, he said you have two months and you need to begin searching and producing documents immediately. So this other issue of Obama-DOJ collusion with the Clinton, uh, Clinton vendor Fusion GPS, we were fighting the Justice Department on because they didn't even want to look for the records. We asked for six months ago. they still haven't done a search and they wanted six more months to do the search. And Judicial Watch is in court on these issues. Congress isn't in court, the media isn't in court by and large. Judicial Watch is in court on all of these issues. The Hillary Clinton email scandal is back. Obviously it's back because of the IG report. It was Judicial Watch that uncovered the Clinton email investigation. Uh, the the Clinton email matter. It was Judicial Watch that uncovered the Clinton email scandal. It was our FOIA that uncovered it. And the Justice Department and DOJ and the State Department obstructed our efforts to get information about it. And as the IG report demonstrates, had zero interest interest in prosecuting Hillary Clinton or anyone else. They didn't want to go look for the documents. They didn't want to investigate anyone else and obviously they were never gonna prosecute Hillary Clinton. So Judicial Watch was doing all the heavy lifting. And we were doing it through discovery in one of these cases before Judge Sullivan where we had asked for documents about Yuma Abedin. We got the runaround from the Just, uh, State Department because they told us they had searched everywhere when in fact they hadn't searched Hillary Clinton's emails. So they had to reopen that case, which was extraordinary. Judge Sullivan gave us discovery to figure out what went on, and that saw Hillary Clinton have to submit information under oath about her email use. We wanted to depose her, but Judge Sullivan said we couldn't. He said we could issue written questions that she'd have to respond to under oath, and she responded to some of those questions under oath. And um, I think, uh, hold on a second, I've got my thing down here. The, uh, I think there were 14 or so, 15 interrogatories or so. So that's what they're called legally, interrogatories. The, uh, they were submitted in 2016, and she answered the questions under oath, but she <laughs> refused to answer three questions outright and responded she does not recall 20 times and uh, she preceded her responses by j- eight general objections and two objections to definitions. And the words object or objection appear 84 times throughout the 23-page document. So that's what we had to deal with with Mrs. Clinton. So the three questions she refused to respond to related to her the creation of her email system, something very important, her decision to use the system despite warnings from State Department security officials, and the basis for her claim that the State Department had 90 to 95 percent of her emails, which wasn't true. So uh, we had asked for the judge to compel her answers to that testimony way back in 2016, back in November, and the judge this week or just late last week just issued a ruling saying that we're going to have a hearing on that in October. So uh, it's a long time coming but Mrs. Clinton may have to answer additional questions under oath to Judicial Watch about her email scandal. Judicial Watch is the one pushing for answers under oath from Hillary Clinton, not the Sessions DOJ, not the Ray FBI. And the question that I was raised by this IG report is, what is the Justice Department going to do about it now? Are they going to recognize that the IG report shows that the Clinton email investigation has zero credibility and needs to be redone or reanalyzed is James Comey and Loretta Lynch's analysis of the law and the analysis of the evidence that's been uncovered and has been publicized in this IG report and by Judicial Watch is that the is that endorsed by Jeff Sessions Rod Rosenstein FBI Director Ray do they agree that Hillary Clinton didn't do anything that warrants prosecution? When are they going to tell us the answer to that? But in the meantime, Judicial Watch is going to do the work. And we're going to be in court on it, obviously, uh, with, uh, before Judge Sullivan in October. And in the meantime, we're still getting Clinton emails. I think just the other day we got another batch of Clinton emails that show there was more classified information on her system. Again, these were classified records that she tried to delete and didn't want anyone to see. Uh, Some good news. Uh, We had a great Supreme Court victory, 5-4, so it was a close one, on election integrity. The left was challenging the results of a settlement by Judicial Watch with the state of Ohio we had sued Ohio a few years ago with true to vote another election watchdog group, over the Ohio state, uh, the state of Ohio's failure to clean up their election rolls. What happens is the federal law requires states to take reasonable steps to make sure election rolls are clean, and that wasn't taking place in Ohio because you had uh, more people on the rolls than were eligible to vote, which is a pretty good indication they're not doing their job. So we Judicial Watch filed the first private lawsuits both against Indiana and Ohio uh, to enforce that uh, step or that requirement that the federal law has that states take reasonable steps to clean up the election rolls. Because as you imagine the Obama Justice Department had zero interest in that because the left and their political allies wanna be able to steal elections if necessary. And dirty election rolls can mean dirty elections. So the left uh, challenged the end of our, uh, the settlement agreement or uh, in our case, in Ohio. Uh, the, in Ohio, they agreed to send out one supplemental mailing. And the mailing was sent to people who I believe hadn't voted in the prior two years. So you hadn't voted, send this card back, let us know you're still there. And if the card isn't sent back and that voter does not vote in the next four years, Ohio removes them from the rolls. It doesn't mean they can't vote again. It just means they need to re-register or file provisional ballots when they show up to vote. Well, the left doesn't like that at all. As I said, they challenged that, and uh, the Supreme Court upheld that law because Ohio was applying federal law that specifically envisions mailings. Like that, and what's uh, what's so it's great news in the sense other states may be uh, uh, spurred on to do similar types of efforts to clean up their election rolls as well. So it's a great victory on behalf of those of us concerned about election integrity. The professional left is obsessed with this issue. It's a great victory institutionally because it upholds this key case that Judicial Watch has pursued. Now in the Ohio litigation that the Supreme Court decided, we had filed many, many amicus briefs. So I'm sure that had an impact as well. But it was our efforts that were upheld by the Supreme Court today to make sure that elections are clean in Ohio. So uh, we should take some great credit for that institutionally, obviously, and those of you who are supporting us Thank you for doing that. Uh, but Judicial Watch isn't resting on its laurels. We're keeping on uh, pushing on this issue. We have litigation in Kentucky that I think is going to result in some good things over their failure to clean up the election rolls. And we've got, we're in the middle of uh, tough litigation in California on the issue. We're suing California and Los Angeles because uh, that statewide, in Los Angeles particularly, they got more people on the rolls than are living and eligible to vote. In fact, in California, it looks like they never take you off the rolls. They simply just leave you there forever, which obviously does not comply with the federal requirement you take reasonable steps to clean up the election rolls. As I said the left is focused on this like a laser, all these Soros groups are interested in intervening in Judicial Watch's litigation in, in California. Uh, you have all of these left-wing groups that have challenged it. Uh, our litigation results in Ohio. Uh, they hate voter ID. They hate states cleaning up the rolls. They keep on calling it purges, implying some nefarious activity when in fact they're just trying to make sure the rolls are accurate, which is what I think every American expects. So this is a big battle. And remember, this decision was 5-4. So just one more vote, you would have had this crazy decision come out that a state complying with federal law was violating the rights of their voters by removing them from the rolls after they're not voting or responding to state inquiries for six years. So it was a close-run thing, a close-run thing, but we won. And as I said, thanks to your support, we've got a great lawyer, Bob Popper, who directs our election integrity project here at Judicial Watch. So uh, a lot going on. Judicial Watch is in court. We're in the middle of this IG fight. And by the way, we're gonna be asking for records about what this IG did, trying to get some more details, because not everything was released. And We've got all this other litigation uh, that, uh, ref- uh, that uh, focuses on the corruption the IG talked about. What that Judicial Watch has already been litigating is litigating and will continue to litigate. In addition to taking on this effort to make sure our elections aren't stolen from us by people who want dirty rolls and hate voter ID so there could be fraudulent voting. So there's a lot on our plate, but we're we're doing it all with your support. Thanks for joining us this week, and I'll see you next time. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.